The pesky Pistons threatened to end the Milwaukee Bucks' undefeated reign, but they were ultimately unsuccessful. And I think it was a lot about the other guys tonight. Drew Holiday was superb. Brooke Lopez was excellent. And also Giannis, by the way. I had to check the box score, but he still put in a quiet 31 as well. So the Bucks are 6-0, still yet to lose in the 2022-23 season. Uh, let's talk about this game against the Pistons. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. My name's Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Alongside me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. And we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen or watch of every day. And uh, Frank, uh, we have got some serious sickos that listen to and watch Locked on Bucks because we did a weekend pod. And at the end of the podcast, I said, these people have got better things to do on the weekend than listen to Locked on Bucks. Uh, That's false because on YouTube, we went well over 6,000 views, which is a a pretty good number uh, for us here. And it just shows the Bucks are winning. Giannis is playing excellent basketball and uh, our listeners and viewers uh, very big supporters of what we're doing and very bigger supporters of what the Bucks are doing. So we appreciate it. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you do so. So then you will get the notification if we do anything different, like a weekend podcast. Uh, 110 to 108, Frank, and I mentioned the pesky Pistons. And uh, we've seen our fair share of blowouts between the Bucks and Pistons in recent years. But on this one, uh, they just wouldn't go away. Giannis was in foul trouble down the stretch. The Bucs were struggling to score. And ultimately, they got some pretty timely buckets from Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. So I don't know if you want to start with Giannis because he dropped another 30. But to me, this felt like a couple of the stalwarts of this Bucks team stepping up when they really needed it on a night that perhaps they wouldn't have expected to. Yeah, I think, you know, coming into the season, you would have said, well, the Bucks are going to get, you know, 30 a night from Giannis, but they're going to need Drew Holiday to really be consistently great night tonight to to have a, a good start to the season and, you know, be able to paper over the absence of Chris Middleton in particular in his playmaking. Um, and I think they got kind of fortunate in that Drew had the slow start and they were able to weather that and, and you know, not really um, drop any, you know, not drop any games, even with Drew having, you know, a couple clunkers in there, especially opening night. And, um, you know, uh, what was it? Was it game? Was it the, I don't know if it was the Brooklyn game or whatever, but he had that other game where he was like six and 19 or whatever. Um, but yeah, the last couple of games, obviously, I mean, tonight wasn't quite the explosion we saw on Saturday from Drew, but, um, you know, he was really good again. And, you know, as they went over 10 from three in the third quarter, you know, they, they seemed like they were on the verge of blowing the game open and then kind of just took the fat off, foot off the gas pedal, just missed shots. Both teams shot virtually identical percentages from three tonight, about 28%. So, you know, both defenses were lucky that the 
respective offenses did not have better shooting nights. But once again, the Bucks holding a team under 30 total three-point attempts. Pistons were 7 of 29, Bucks 11 out of 40. Uh, and Drew, as you said, uh, was really good and, and finally was able to break the seal. I think he was the first guy to hit a three in the second half for the Bucks, And it felt like, I think it came like midway through the fourth quarter, I want to say. Um, you know, there were a few times where the Pistons got down to two and the Bucks would hit, finally got a couple threes to go and, you know, were sort of keeping them at arm's length. But then, um, as we've seen, you know, so many times, you just don't put away these young teams. You give them a little bit of confidence. You know, we saw this Piston team come into Milwaukee last year and lay a bit of a beating on the Bucks when Giannis was healthy. I think I think all three of the, the big three were healthy in that one game where the Bucks just sort of mailed it in <laughs> and got it handed to them. Uh, so, you know, I mean, the Bucks should should remember, they, they know that this Pistons team has the talent and, you know, kind of the youthful vibrance and, you know, they don't know any better to, to come in and, and win a game. And um, sure enough, you know, they get the, the time basket with just under a minute to go. And, um, you know, thankfully, once again, we talked about, uh, obviously, Drew Holiday on uh, Saturday. He had the huge bucket late uh, to kind of maybe not seal the game, but, but you know, restore the Bucks lead from one to three in the final minute um, and, and provide the breathing room that ultimately – you know, led to the win against Atlanta, made a big defensive play. Um, and then this game again tonight, you know, game is, is tied at 105. Uh, and Drew stepped back 26-footer bottom to make it 108-105. And, and that was that was it, right? So, uh, so uh, you know, we, it's kind of been that nagging concern that, you know, okay, when is Drew Holiday going to start to age and Obviously, he's had struggles offensively in the postseason when his workload, especially defensively, goes up a lot. But we've been pretty spoiled with the consistency of his offense the last two regular seasons. So, yeah, I think we were all a little bit anxious seeing him struggle in those those first games of the regular season this year. But as we said, it happened last year, too. And these last couple of games, obviously, he's looked much more like the guy that we've seen these these past two seasons in terms of just being able to get to his shots. We saw him hit another one of those uh, – almost over the backboard, you know, baseline shots that, you know, it doesn't seem like the geometry should really work. Uh, But he hit it anyway. And, you know, a couple of huge threes in the fourth quarter, which, uh, you know, helped. Uh, It's funny, right? I mean, he scores 31 points, but felt like he left some points on on the board, had a turnover late when it looked like he was going to score again. Um, I think that was um, when they were up three. So it wasn't like it was, you know, uh, a backbreaker, but could have sealed the game and, you know, it seemed like he was going to go up for a layup or dunk and, and ends up kind of having the ball stripped away. But, um, you know, again, 31 points on 23 shots. Like, you know, these are, these, these are the impossibly high standards that Giannis sets for himself that we sort of just sort of like shrug that off. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever, right? Um, but, and and you mentioned Brooke Lopez, though, you know, talking about big threes, those three all go for 20-plus tonight. And, you know, we've talked about Brooke has had a couple games coming into this one where he was really important offensively. And we saw it on Saturday, started off the game, just making everything. And tonight, you know, just the combination of, of sort of inside and outside effectiveness, you know, Detroit went smaller for extended periods of this game. And the hard part was just fighting between the zones and the bodies to actually get Giannis and Brooke the ball at the rim. You know, they really tried to make it hard, show a lot of bodies at Giannis. And I thought, you know, some of the, 
the actions that they ran to, to get Brook, you know, pick and rolls, having him dive to the rim. He's such an enormous target uh, that, you know, you just throw it up high enough. You're going to feel pretty good about him coming down with the ball, has great hands. So, um, so yeah, you needed Brook tonight. We normally need him defensively tonight. Uh, you really needed what he could do offensively as well. 24 points, 10 out of 16 and two for five from three. So, you know, eight out of 11 on twos, which we haven't seen him put in that much work inside the arc so far this season. I think that was something that we've seen the last year or two in the regular season. We've seen him be able to be more of a threat, rolling the rim, using that size around the basket. So definitely good to see him doing that tonight. 34 minutes again. I tweeted about it earlier today. Probably my biggest concern in these first, call it now, six games is just that Brooks' minute load has been high. He came into this game averaging 31. I think he played about 67, 68 minutes in the back-to-back, plays another 34 minutes tonight. And I guess, you know, a big part of the issue here is that he's just playing too well. (laughs) When these games get tight, uh, you want him in there. You don't want to go small because he's just been so effective and oftentimes now here so effective, not just on defense, but on offense as well. Uh, So that's something I think to – to keep an eye on, you know, Giannis only played 32 minutes tonight, so they were able to kind of manage him a little bit more, but drew 37 minutes, Brooke 34. And, you know, even though the Bucks have their full complement of bigs available right now, I think what you're seeing in part is just the trickle down of the fact that you have no small forwards, basically from your regular rotation between Chris, Pat and Joe Ingles. Understandably, Joe is more of a theoretical rotation guy since this is his first season and we haven't seen him in a Bucks lineup or the Bucks rotation yet, but you know, Giannis basically has not played small ball center pretty much at all this regular season. I think it was 15 possessions coming into this one. And you ask, well, why is that? Well, A, because the big boy ball is working, working extremely well. And secondly, well, what's your small ball Giannis lineup right now? You know, normally Chris or Pat or both of those guys would be part of that because you want to get your best wing players on the floor if you're going to go small with Giannis at center. But right now your, you know, your best players are smallish, smaller guards and big men. So by virtue of that, you know, again, we're, as we've talked about, you're either playing very big or very small. We saw Giannis and Bobby and Brooke out there a fair bit together. And, you know, Bogdan or Boyan Bogdanovich started at power forward tonight, right? So you're, you're by definition, you were going to have Giannis running around the screens and running around the perimeter in large cases. And, and for large portions of the game, he was guarding like Sadiq Bay, which isn't really what you want Giannis doing defensively. And, you know, ultimately not a surprise. He only had seven rebounds because he was so far from the basket for, for large portions of the game. So kind of a funky game, you know, defensively. Um, and again, just, you know, the wing rotation, again, just forcing Bud to do things and kind of run combinations that, that again, tend to go maybe bigger than, than he would otherwise like to do. But at the end of the day, you were able to win the game. I thought the, 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 the Pistons junked it up pretty well at times, especially against Giannis, but um, you know, I, I figured at least one of these two games here with these two, these, you know, not back to backs, but two games in three days against the Pistons at home, you figured like one of these would be close. Like it's, I think this team's too frisky to just like blow them out twice. Uh, so, Hey, if this is the close game and you get a little bit of that wake up call and you knock them off and, you know, bank another win. So be it. Hopefully Wednesday is a little bit less tense, but, um, credit to Detroit. They're two and six over own four away from home, but you know, they're a talented team and they're going to beat a lot of good teams. They, they beat the Warriors yesterday, right. Or two days ago. Uh, so we know that they can, they can beat good teams and we've seen them do it in Milwaukee too.
Uh, more on Mr. Second Half uh, after this because Giannis, again, even though we talk about the other guys, he still managed to have 20 points in the second half, even though he was battling foul trouble, which is just absolute insanity at this point, as long as I haven't got my math wrong there. But I wanted to give a quick shout out to our great friend, Justin Garcia. You tweeted about it uh, the other day, Frank, uh, but he's doing the, uh, he's sitting next to Dave Kane on the radio broadcast doing the, uh, well, I was trying to think the analyst role. I was about to say special comments. We call it special comments here Color in Australian football. Color commentator. So that's what Justin's doing. And he's a great job. And he's doing a great job. And we knew the Bucks were potentially looking for a new analyst. Now, they just looked in-house. They had, the, they had the, the perfect candidate right there. But that's not always the case, which is where LinkedIn Jobs comes into calculations. <laughs> now, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. So you just add your job. You add the purple hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. We've probably all seen it. And that spreads the word that you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions. Uh, This makes it easy to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experiences so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and Higher. So LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Uh, also, check out Locked On Sports today. Uh, once you're done with Locked On Bucks, you can find out about all sorts of different things going on in the sports world, NFL, MLB. Is the World Series still going? I, I have no idea. I'm pretty it sure is. it still is. Yep. So it, was, just, it was postponed tonight. So game three, I guess, is tomorrow. Uh, there you go. So uh, I'll be listening to Locked On Sports today after this, and I'll know exactly what happened. So you can do that after you're done with Locked On Bucks. But let's uh, talk about Giannis a little more broadly now. So I, I mentioned he still finished with 31 points. It felt like the foul trouble was stopping him from having a fourth quarter explosion because as I was sitting here watching this game, it was one of those ones where if the Bucs had a lost, I would have been sitting there for the entire fourth quarter thinking that the Bucs are just going to pull it out until they don't because they've got more experience, they've got more chemistry, they've got the vets that have played together for years and they're just the old boys. And the old boys generally get it done over the youngsters Although, as you pointed to, sometimes sometimes the youngsters don't care and they have no fear. But Giannis wasn't out there. And that's when I thought that this might get interesting. And you referenced there was a turnover late. Uh, and he had Cade Cunningham and he was posting him up. And even though it was a smaller guy, I was almost certain that he was going to go to the glass turnaround jump shot for the second game in a row. I thought he was just going to do it. As, because it did feel like the Bucks a term that we use a lot. We're playing with their food a little bit because it didn't feel like they were too stressed about the situation, but they were going to pull it out. So when you talk about the rotation, and this all comes back to Giannis, and we always talk about Giannis playing small ball, as you already referenced. When they get guys back, that'll obviously open up different roster flexibility and Brook Lopez is playing a little bit more. So when it comes to Giannis and his minute loads, it hasn't been crazy so far. But do you see any of the other guys that are stepping in to take any of these minutes. Jordan Wara wasn't great again tonight. Have you seen anything from Serge Ibaka that could give Brook Lopez a bit of a chop out? Because even prior to this game, Brook Lopez had some kind of illness and he was questionable to play. In the end, thank God that he did. And the other point that we should note in terms of the rotation, Grayson Allen had a 
uh, knee contusion, which contusion is just the word I think they use when there's any type of injury. But it sounds like it was a bone, uh, some sort of uh, knee, knee, knee clash, knee knock, yeah. knee, knee bruise. He seems like he was okay after the game and confident. Uh, but these guys are still going to have to carry a bit of a load here for a while. Uh, why, why did Giannis have, by his own standards, against a younger team an inefficient night? And what do you see the Bucks being able to do with this rotation to get these guys some rest? Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I think you know, we saw in the third quarter, like when Giannis had any degree of room or when he was, you know, they, they were running like dribble handoffs from like he was in the corner a uh, number of times and they would have him come out and take dribble handoffs and basically start to go middle, um, which I, I, it's funny. I remember when I think of that, I remember Giannis as a rookie. That was like, it was like one of those things, like how do we, how do we get this, this young guy like going a little bit and, you know, giving handoffs to him and trying to just get, let him get the ball going downhill um, with, you know, the, a little bit of, bit of daylight was something that, that you do obviously a little bit different now. Uh, different, a little bit different stage of his career. Um, you know, they weren't really running post-ups for Giannis very much uh, as a rookie. Um, but, you know, I mean, you saw it, like there was that, you know, I, remember, I just remember that one possession Marcus was calling out, like it was, you know, uh, I think it was Hamadou Diallo was, was defending him 1v1, but it's like when he got a post-catch on the left side, it was kind of a little further out post-catch. And then Nerlens Noel was wandering over from the other side of the lane and just zoning up on the strong side. And it's like, you know, I mean, Hamadou Diallo is a good athlete. Like, you know, I, I think Giannis can take him one-on-one, especially given his size advantage. But if you don't get, you know, a, a clean blow-by, well, even if you do, you're then you're running straight into Nerlens Noel, a guy who, you know, has has been a, a pretty sturdy defender against Giannis, right? I mean, he's a guy, even tonight, we saw Giannis can't just overpower Nerlens Noel. And, you know, even if he does have a strength advantage there, uh, you know, New Orleans is a great shock blocker and, and he's got, you know, really great instincts around the basket to, to get blocked. So, uh, so I think from sort of a set defense perspective, I thought, you know, again, Detroit just did a really nice job sort of junking it up and, you know, showing extra bodies, overloading the strong side and taking the bucks out of, you know, just some of the normal stuff that you'd want to do. But again, when Giannis was going downhill and, you know, they weren't able to kind of have that defense set, you know, it was curtains, right. And like Isaiah Thomas or Isaiah Thomas, Isaiah Stewart, Beef stew, like he's got no chance against Giannis. Like, you know, it's like he's got, you know, bricks, bricks for cement, cement shoes on. Um, but I, I think to answer the question though about like minute loads and some of that, I mean, you know, it was interesting when I was looking at the minute loads, Brooke was at 31 minutes per game coming into this game. Bobby was only at 24. He was at like about 28, I think 28, 29 last year. And again, a lot of that's because he was starting most of the year and Brooke was, was out for so much of the season. But I think the, the obvious answer that, that you know bucks can can go to if they want to throttle back brooks workload a bit is i guess twofold right i mean one uh just play bobby more right i mean if you're principally running a three-man big rotation uh obviously Giannis is already sort of in that 30 30 33 34 minute range uh as is he's had some a couple of higher minute load games already uh but Bobby has has not played tons, right? And I, I don't think any of us have any concern about Bobby being able to stretch out a few more minutes. Obviously, that brings just kind of some different calculus to the game in terms of for the offense versus defense and, you know, who you're playing out there, right? I think you feel pretty good, you know, playing Brooke, even without um, a traditional other big man, you can do that fine. They're not really doing that right now because they don't have, again, enough wings to, to justify doing that. But... Uh, 
but I think stretching Bobby out a little bit and then kind of as you reference, I mean, I think Serge Ibaka's looked like pretty much, I don't know. Let me say this. It does not look, I've not like, I don't feel like Serge Ibaka's like reinvigorated, re-energized version of his, his old self. Um, does that said some good not, moments? Yeah. That, that mean, kind of mix in with the times when he looks old. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it's also sometimes like, you know, just when these guys like try to, you know, make plays, make passes, it's like, uh, was Serge Ibaka ever making good passes with any consistency? Mm. Not really. So um, I, I think with Serge, you know, he, from a regular season perspective, it's probably fine, especially on, you know, in games like this, you know, have him meet some innings, give, give Burke a little bit of a rest. Um, you know, I think he played what, 10 minutes tonight. So obviously if you're getting 10 minutes from him, that's 10 minutes that you don't need from Giannis or Brooke, uh, who are the two guys that are already probably playing at the higher end of, of where you'd like them to be on, on a night to night basis. So, um, so we'll see, but obviously the other piece too is just, yes, you can think when the bucks are back to where they want to be depth wise on the wing, then you have a little bit more optionality to, to play Giannis at, at center, which again, I think is, you know, that's a more of a situational thing depending on what the other team is doing. Um, and I thought, I thought it was interesting tonight, even with the bucks being kind of oversized for long stretches. Um, you know, I think the piss, I want to say the Pistons came in shooting 38 threes per game or something like that. So I mean, that's a pretty decent number. Um, and, you know, they were able to keep, keep Detroit, you know, chased off the three point line reasonably well, at least. And, you know, Detroit was able to get things going to the basket, right? Um, I think Jaden Ivey looked great. You know, he he really was able to get to the edge um, on George Hill and and Javon Carter um, pretty consistently. And when he was getting all the way to the rim, his finishing is awesome, right? I mean, he's really impressive. Uh, I think he's. I mean, I think you're a Pistons fan. You got to be really excited about kind of having him to pair with Cade. You know, Ivey can has the athleticism and the burst and size. He can get all the way to the rack and you know, has good creativity finishing, you know, Brooke, Brooke was having trouble, you know, slowing him down when he was having that head of steam. Uh, and then, you know, Cade was able to get to the mid range and do a fair bit of damage that way. Right. He's obviously a savvy guy. There's, I think I remember pre-draft some talk about like some Chris Middleton comparisons with Cade, um, which, which I can definitely see. Uh, but I thought the other guy, the other guy that really gave them a nice burst inside, I mean, Boyan Bogdanovich came into the hmm. league playing with Brooke Lopez so those guys know each other pretty well, but uh, I thought, you know, he's, he's pretty underrated. I'm not gonna say he's an underrated athlete, but he's a smart finisher. And you know, he repeatedly was driving to the basket and knew just, just when and how to get off shots going to the basket such that Brooke couldn't just, you know, block it into the first row. And, you know, he repeatedly was able to finish over Brooke uh, at various points. And, you know, he had a really nice game. Um, and it kind of annoyed me by hitting a meaningless buzzer beater, which uh, will go down as hurting the Bucks' uh, defensive rating uh, a, a little bit. But uh, but you know, I think we saw again that Pistons they play you know certainly their starting five plays relatively smaller, can space you out. Um, they're not again a, a kind of a normal matchup for a team like the Bucks that's starting Giannis and and Brooke, and at times is just playing them with Bobby Portis, uh, but you know, overall they were able to, you know, do enough defensively. I don't think they were super impressive. I think really the area where the size ended up 
being, you know, more of an advantage was just on the, the offensive glass. Um, you know, as we've been saying pretty much every game now, it seems like of late, you know, the Bucks were able to do good work on the, the offensive glass. They had a 34% offensive rebound rate. That's an 85th percentile night. And Pistons also at various points, you know, it's felt like in the third quarter, the Bucks were getting all the offensive rebounds in the fourth quarter, the Pistons got some really important reloads. Uh, Detroit was at 29% offensive rebound rate. So that's definitely better than the Bucks, what the Bucks typically allow. Um, but overall kind of net net advantage was to the Bucks. They had an advantage at the foul line and that kind of helped overcome uh, a few more turnovers on the Bucks end, which it also felt like just whenever the Bucks turned it over, it was like a guard making a bad cross court pass or something that was leading to, to a layup the other way. So, uh, so yeah, let's just say this is not, not a work of art. Um, you know, uh, in the annals of Bucks wins, I would dare say Kane, let's get it all out on the floor tonight because we will not hearken back to this game six months from now when we're talking about the Bucks 22-23 season. I don't think we're going to fondly remember this game. Uh, hopefully there will be many other games that we think of uh, other than this one. But, hey, if you're forgettable games, you can still bank wins and move to 6-0. and that's, that's a pretty good spot to be in. No question. And just on... Javon Carter watch here, 24 minutes tonight. You mentioned some of the defensive stuff, but uh, 0 for 5 again. So he went scoreless. So uh, we knew it was coming. We knew it couldn't sustain the 70% three-point shooting or whatever ridiculous rate he was shooting the ball. But uh, he's missed some, and he's looked frustrated when he misses a shot. It's almost like he can't figure out what's going on either, but he's been getting some uh, some really good looks. And I think overall the Bucks have had some struggles shooting the ball to start the season. But, you know... We weren't sure what to expect, and as you said, tonight might not be one you'll remember for the rest of your life, but to start the season 6-0 and is a is a pretty handy start, and clearly Giannis has played a, a humongous part in all of that, but having different guys every single night that can come in and pitch in and do stuff, we've seen Bobby carry this team at times, we've seen Wesley Matthews have big shots, then it's been Drew and Brooke being pretty consistent in different different areas. Uh you know, sometimes you forget the depth that the Bucks do have, and it does make you think about when you get all those guys back, or hopefully you get all those guys back in a rotation at some point. Uh, it is going to be interesting to see how it all settles out. But if you watch tonight and you finish tonight's game and you said, you know what, I'm desperate for some more Bucks Pistons, the good news is you've only got one day to wait because the Bucks will host the Pistons on Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Uh, once again. So, hey, can you imagine? I'm I'm curious how many Bucks fans with season tickets are going to both of these games, right? Uh, I mean, hey, obviously we're watching both games, right? Like I, I get fired up for every game, but um, you know when you when you think about the the cost of going to games and the effort, and parking and all that stuff, it's like def, def, definitely uh, you know definitely a bit of a stretch expecting uh, the same fans to to go to both games back to back. But you know that's for that's for the sickos. That's for the kind of people that we love. Our list box fans that listen to our podcast. Um, you know, you guys are the ones that uh, that say two games against the Pistons in short succession. Bring it on! Let's let's do this. I want to see my Brooke Lopez splash mountain. I want to see Drew Holiday getting buckets and looking like his old self. And uh, yeah, good good call on on Brooke, right? I mean, the fact that he was you know kind of this this question mark with some sort of non COVID illness coming into the game and they were like seeing if he was going to make it through pregame warmups. Um, again, I, I still find it amazing. Like I, I, you know, I mean, 
not that I can relate to being an elite basketball player, but um, I just, just playing any sport at a high level while you're physically sick. Um, that's, that's impressive. I, I would just be like, no, I'm not going to do that tonight. I'm going to stay home, have some chicken soup or whatever, whatever would be needed for the, the illness I have. Um, so yeah, shout out to Brooke, just grinding another great, great performance. And obviously we want Brooke to, <laughs> to face himself. Uh, you know, I hope he's not having to play 32 minutes a night, uh, come, come uh february march and in april ahead of the the postseason but uh i don't know i guess the flip side is you know he hasn't played a whole lot of basketball over the last year so maybe he's, he's got some spring in his legs and um yeah i mean just uh his, his comeback from this injury i mean it's just pretty remarkable right i mean we've seen obviously other guys come back from the injury and sort of have you know, from back injuries, right. It's not an easy injury to come back from. Obviously Ben Simmons had a similar procedure and is still really trying to kind of get himself right. And Ben Simmons is a far more athletic and far younger guy than, than Brooke Lopez, which I don't know. I don't know if that, I don't, you know, again, like, I don't know if, if Brooke being a seven foot, 280 pound guy, like could that possibly help because he's not relying on his athleticism in the first place, but I got to say, no, I got to say that is not an advantage to be that enormous and, and suffer a back injury like that. You know, I would say history would say that that is a very concerning thing, but to his credit, um, you know, he's come back and looked uh, about as good as, uh, as, as we've ever seen him in Milwaukee, which is saying a lot because the Brook Lopez, especially of, you know, year one, year two was, uh, was really, really good. And, uh, shout out to, to this version too. Uh, and, and the playoff Brook Lopez, Championship run, Brook Lopez too. I'll oh, call yeah. that out. He was amazing in that run too. But um, hey, uh, if he wants to just continue, you know, kicking kicking Father Time in the junk and telling him it's not time yet, I'm all for it. I'm enjoying the Brook Lopez experience. I think we all are. And uh, done this very regularly as well. But shout out to the Bucks medical staff as well. They've got a pretty good track record with these guys, and uh, we hope that's the case with. Chris and Pat and Joe and by the way, uh, the Brook Lopez, the big, the big non-explosive athlete returning from a major injury. That's the Joe Ingles Optimus theory as well. Hey, if you're not playing above the rim, we won't notice it when you come back. You'll be looking like Joe and you'll be a rotation player. So that's the Joe Ingles Optimus theory that I'm certainly hanging on to. You, you, you can call me biased and I will not be offended by that at all. But the Bucks and the Pistons play in a couple of days' time again. The Bucks looking to go seven and zero, which if you remember will equal the start that they had all the way back when Mark Budenholzer first came to town. So hopefully uh, the Bucks will win that one, start the season 7-0 and and keep things rolling. Make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast, as I mentioned, for all your other sports news uh, around the world. And also, uh, yeah, make sure you subscribe on the on the audio platform, the YouTube channel, and comment on the YouTube channel because when the, the more you comment, it just pump, pumps the video to the top. Everyone's watching. That helps us. And ultimately, the more people we have commenting and getting into it in the comments, uh, it's more fun for everyone. It feels more interactive. And eventually, I'm going to be doing a live pod. I'm, I'm hesitant to do the live pod, Frank, but we've got to do it at some point. I'm worried about my internet more than anything. But it would be fun to have people commenting, throwing in their questions live. Uh, that would be an element that we haven't yet tried. So uh, hopefully we I, can do that soon. 
yeah our 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 respective internet connections are really the uh the 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 main failure point here which uh we won't have to bore people with but let's just say we've had some more offline time than we would like uh uh, to get to these actual discussions um just one thing before we go uh yes i I tweeted about it today we're going to be talking about it all year but i I do just find it interesting to, to track the opponent three-point shooting numbers. We mentioned just the the raw numbers tonight. Again, tw- you know, yeah, what was it? Uh, eight of twenty-nine, I think. Yeah. Um, yep. And it, it's pretty. It's. I mean, it's it's really impressive looking at. Obviously, people are going to. It's easy to look at just the total numbers, but I think what's what's most important is that it's not just total threes are down, but it is the Bucks cutting out really the most kind of valuable types of threes. I mean, they were not, they weren't bad at corner threes previously, but you know, the, the corner three rate right now, last year they were allowed about nine corner threes a game. They're only allowing four corner three attempts per game right now. They allowed three tonight. And I think probably everybody's heard, right. Those are the, the highest expected value corner threes. They tend to be open. They're a little shorter than, than above the break threes. So if you're not allowing like any of those, that's, that's a good thing. And then when you look at the wide open corner threes and the catch and shoot corner threes, again, those are the kind of, um, you know, those are the kind of shots, obviously a wide open corner three, a wide open three, that, that, that's, that's the best kind of three, right? In the grand scheme of things, uh, bucks were dead last in that last year. Uh, they are, I believe second in terms of fewest op- wide open threes allowed. They've gone from about 20 wide open threes to 13 wide open threes per game. And then from a catch and shoot perspective, uh, they were at 29 catch and shoot threes allowed per game last year. This year, they're first in fewest catch and shoot threes, only 17 allowed per game. So, again, are those numbers going to hold at that sort of extreme, you know, rate that they're going to be the best at at or the best or second best at those things all year long? I maybe. don't know. Maybe maybe not. Maybe, <laughs> uh, but but consider they were dead last in that thing, and then as we've said, the trade-off, obviously the whole reason they, they, you know, were, you know, content to do that is because they were taking away the rim. They weren't fouling and they were getting defensive rebounds. And so tactically it was, you know, a trade-off they were making. Um, They've seen a very, very slight uptick in the amount of um, shots that they allow at the rim. But for the most part, you know, basically they've pushed, you know, it was about used last year it was about 41% of opponent shots were three pointers this year. It was coming tonight. It was about 31%. It was 29% tonight. So it's going to go down a little bit further. Um, and so when you think about like that 10% of shots that are getting moved from threes to something else, the vast majority of it is getting turned into mid range shots. And of course, like this is, you know, the oldest analytical story there is, right. The like, Oh, well, you got to, make people shoot long twos instead of threes, right? Well, easier said than done. The Bucks have always actually forced a lot of mid-range shots, but now they're forcing even more and they're doing it again by squeezing some of that, you know, talk, we talk about like the tooth, the tube of toothpaste, right? You got to squeeze the, the toothpaste around right now. They have <laughs> the, the ideal tube of toothpaste uh, as, as it, as it may be uh, where they are, are managing to squeeze shots away from the rim, squeeze shots away from deep. And most of them, you know, or a large proportion of them getting pushed into the mid range and, and kind of floater range. And, and again, as we saw, you know, against uh, Cade tonight, you know, good players can still take advantage of that and punish you that we saw Trey and DeJounte Murray, obviously score a bunch of points on Saturday doing that, but 
you know, ultimately you're just trying to push it to the math game of we're going to make you take shots that are just typically harder and worth less points on average than, uh, than the shots that we're going to take. And, you know, look, look at, look at the bottom line, number one in defensive rating now six and zero. so far it's working. I would say it's, you know, encouraging early returns more so than, you know, some sort of proof positive that the bucks have solved all the world's problems, but um, we'll talk, continue to talk plenty about it. But again, think about those sort of benchmarks, wide open threes, catch and shoot threes, corner threes. Those are kind of the metrics that I'm going to be tracking all year and follow along with me. Uh, if you're going to be a real nerd about it, uh, I, I have bookmarked those, uh, those, those stat pages on NBA.com, Kane, so we can continue to refer to them throughout the year. Bloody beautiful. Good stuff. Good way to finish. And uh, as you pointed to, that is going to be uh, continuously tracked through the season. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see how it changes with different personnel in the lineup as well along the way. All right. Let's wrap it Happy up. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, Ken. I know you guys love it in Australia. Yeah, it's old news. It's already November here. It's uh, long gone. Uh, we've moved on to the road I to was, Christmas. I was uh, I was disappointed, Kane. My daughter, we got her. She loves the cartoon Bluey, which yes. I know you didn't even know about until no. Mitchell Maurer and I told you about it in our DM because we're dads. Uh, but it's a very, very good uh, cartoon on Disney that is Australian. Mm. And uh, my daughter had the Bluey costume. She was really excited about it. And then we asked her yesterday about trick-or-treating today, and she said she wanted to be a fairy. Uh, hmm. which she's pretty much like close to having a fairy princess outfit on like most days. So she's got like a little like wings, little plastic wings that she wears with surprising regularity. So she just strapped those on, threw those around her back, had a little wand, princess uh, princess crown, um, you know, regular Saturday night for Kane Pittman probably, but for us, it's a nice little Halloween. And uh, now, unfortunately, I have a ton of candy in my home. And uh, I got to figure out how to just not get fat eating all that leftover candy. But uh, at least I, for better or worse, I got, I got some good, I got some good candy for our trick-or-treaters and we've got some leftovers, a lot of Reese's pumpkins, Butterfinger, some Snickers, peanut M&Ms. I tactically, I, it's probably a mistake. I got candy that I like. Mm. I think probably the safer move is to get candy you hate. And uh, that way you're not tempted to eat it. But I was talking to one of my neighbors who was like, they tried to do that and they were just like, yeah. And then we just ended up eating candy we hated. And that's, that just seems like a bad spot to be in. So anyway, if I, my face starts to get fatter and fatter on our, on these YouTube podcasts, it's because I'm just working my way through these, uh, these Reese's pumpkins. Yeah. You were like, listen to you, it's Halloween. And she's, she's like, screw this. This is just an everyday Saturday. I'm going as a fairy. And by the way, we're, we're entering the time of year where, you know, everyone's eating. Let's be honest. Thanksgiving also not a thing in Australia, but <laughs> you can pretend, and everyone's eating for the next few months. So it's how much weight? Of- how much weight did you put on when you came to America? You must have put on weight, like everybody does, right? Yeah, the the biggest thing for me was just the uh, was just the cold because uh, you know, like winter here, you can still do stuff. You know, like you can go yeah. for a run, you can go outside, you can do whatever you want. But but just because it was so freezing, it was like, well, what am I actually going to do? I can't do anything. So it's like, well, I may as well go to the pub and have a few beers and watch basketball. And then it's like, geez, I've done that for 49 straight days. Yeah, it's like, no wonder. Yeah, you put on a bit of weight. So it's the winter. It's a killer. But hey. Yeah. I'll be back there soon. 
don't want to <sighs> give too don't, don't want to give too much away, but sometime soon I'll be back, uh, which will be fun. Well, well, you'll come back. We'll uh, it'll be winter. We'll we'll go to Rocky or Coco's a lot. We'll put on our fifteen pounds of Rockies and Cops and oh. all sorts of Wisconsin deliciousness, and uh, we'll see. We'll see if the Bucks are still undefeated at that point, but uh, maybe not. But um, here we are. It's November, and the Bucks still haven't lost. That's pretty cool. That's, I mean, again, knock on wood, all that. Hopefully, locked good, on wood. Good, <laughs> uh, you said it, not me. Um, knock on wood. Uh, hopefully oh. the, uh, the injuries <sighs> get better and we don't have any more crop up. We'll see Grayson Allen, what, what the situation is, but, um, oh, oh, I, we talked about Marjan Beauchamp got a little bit of run tonight. Uh... Could, couldn't get, couldn't get a couple buckets to go down. I thought he had a really nice push and transition and just couldn't get a little reverse layup to go down. But, um, Jordan Wara, not exactly, uh, mm. putting, <laughs> putting, putting that wing spot on lockdown, uh, he struggled again tonight, and if I mean if uh, Grayson's out on Wednesday, you're gonna need some gonna need some help uh, out there. Play shoot, play play Mamu Mamu at shooting guard, maybe. I don't know, <laughs> probably not. But yeah. uh, but uh, we'll see. A game. We so will nice, say we a game so nice we'd have to we'll have, we're gonna have to play it twice. Oh, delightful! Central Division showdown. Potential playoff preview. All right, we'll be back tomorrow.